Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. <laughs> Welcome to It Could Happen Here podcast. I'm Robert Evans. Sovi, is that it? Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Great. All right. Well, I just apologize really quick because that's a lot to take in. No, us. that was a good introduction. That was a good introduction. We got across the gist. Who, who of, else of what's is happening. here with you, Robert? That's a great question. Is Garrison here? Yeah, I think they are is, here. Is Chris here? I think he's Hello. here. Is Is Saint Andrew here? I am indeed. Yeah. Excellent. Um, why don't you take over and do and do my job for me? That sounds great. Awesome. Actually. Good yeah. idea. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, what's happening, everybody? I am St. Andrew, back to guest host yet again. Um, last time we spoke about, you know, uh, soft climate change denial and continuing the theme of me talking about whatever I want to talk about as per contractual obligation. Um, today, I wanted to explore a concept that I brought up in one of my recent videos um self and community actualization yeah right so first we need to get in some context of course um i mean 
when most people hear self-actualization, they probably think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The famous pyramid that management uh, staff tend to use and yeah, hang up in their offices and such. Los Angeles yoga ladies. Uh, <laughs> the context in which I've heard self-actualization the most. Yeah, yeah. That whole goop kind of vibe, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so self-actualization, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the old psych 101 stuff. You know, I mean, it's traditionally represented as a pyramid, but it was never how Maslow himself actually depicted it. Um, it was actually something that later interpreters of his work ran with and popularized. Um, and so that as a result of that pyramid, there are a lot of, you know, critiques of Maslow's theory that don't quite engage with his theory, but rather engage with like interpretations of his theory by other people. But, um, you know, I think it's still an interesting way to depict human needs. And I think it's a good launching point to start thinking about and start discussing, you know, human needs. Um, where do y'all think y'all are on the pyramid right now? Just for posterity's sake. Oh, right up on the tippy top. Oh, for real? I mean, awesome. I, I, like, I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've been very lucky to do exactly like what I want to do for a living most of my life. And, and now I own goats, so it doesn't get any better yes. than that. Including one absolute unit. Of yeah, he's fucking massive. He's a chunky buddy. <laughs> what about uh, Garen? Chris? I, I really don't know. I, 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 I don't spend too much time thinking about models like this, especially around kind of my own, my own goals um, and like where I see myself. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing like I'm, I'm, I'm relatively stable with my like actual physical needs. Um, so I guess, yeah, just trying to figure out what I, what I actually want out of life. Like a lot of younger people do, I guess. Right. Right. So I guess that's more on the, um, esteem or, yeah, esteem or self-actualization side of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah start like that line. And it, it's harder. Cause you can say like, well, within the context of like, what is possible? I'm, I'm, I'm where I want to be and I'm doing stuff that I, I, I want to be doing. But also, everything's feels like a disaster around me all the time because of, yeah. of, of the times I'm in, which makes it difficult to be as right. Like, I was about to say, is anybody really on the safety needs category of of, of the pyramid? I mean, uh, uh, some people like absolutely, yeah. No, I but mean, like yeah, in the, this the, group, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like we 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 are yeah. like, right. There's like <laughs> yeah. a weird there's like a weird disassociation between what's actually going on. And what we know could be going on in like the larger sphere. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's a very good way of thinking about it. Is like, yeah, my immediate needs are met. Am I very concerned that large chunks of the places I love will be unlivable, and you know there will be a, a that we're kind of staring in the face of a variety of calamities that that could. Uh, make everything worse for me and everybody I care about? Absolutely. But I can't do anything the, about that right the now. The other thing I was going to point out is that uh, with like uh, with like the physio needs, is that includes sleep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, well, so once we get yeah. to that. I, 
This now was, you're yeah. talking about being the sun shining down on the pyramid, and who gets up there? You know, <laughs> the, the sleep the sleep scientists have had their pockets in big bed for far too long. That's right, far too long. Exactly. Apologies, exactly. Andrew. Please go. The ahead. cozy industrial complex. <laughs> no, it's is fine. The problem. It's fine. I was just gonna say something relatively. I was gonna say that um, you know, the pyramid, as we are discovering in this conversation, doesn't really accurately map out, you know, needs and human psychology really because i mean not just because our brains aren't shaped like pyramids but also because at any point in time we can be straddling multiple um sections and parts of the needs so for example we could all be breathing air and drinking water and having our food and stuff met right now um and you know you might be like really respected and stuff in your field um and you might have a certain a good sense of self-esteem and stuff, but then at the same time, you know, you're not in a safe place. Yeah. Or you may be dealing with like a debilitating health condition, or you maybe lack in certain resources that you need to like thrive. Right. So, and then or maybe you know you have your food, water, shelter, sleep, all that, and you know you're secure and you have what you need and whatever but you have no friends you know you have no intimacy no family no sense of connection with other people so you're kind of like living in this bubble just floating through life you know i mean your bubble is safe it has what you need but there's now that social aspect yeah. yeah and um i think what's interesting about this is because as we start to talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we start to see the structural and societal um, impact on, you know, our psychology and on our needs, right? Because if you want to talk about our safety needs, for example, or let's get straight to the, um, to the bottom, to the basic. If we want to talk about our physiological needs, water is now a packaged and commodified product, right? Food is something that is inaccessible to many. Not because we don't have enough food, but because the distribution of it to meet the needs of all is not what's prioritized under capitalism, right? There are a lot of people who are lacking in shelter, you know, um, and a lot of people are sleep deprived by the systems we're living in. Yep. Mm-hmm. And same thing with safety, you know, um, we are faced, literally threatened by climate change and you know we are atomized from our relationships and stuff because so much of us so many of us have to work so hard you know every day five days a week or more eight hours or more per day and it really just strips us of our social connections and with our esteem needs we're sort of stripped of that by you know these commercial messages that we get about like you're not this unless you have this and mm-hmm. bye 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 kind of thing Right. And then self-actualization isn't even really a thought for a lot of people because they're still busy trying to reach all those other things. Um, or they don't even have the time to think about how they can become who they are. Um, and we, we get into that a bit more later on in this discussion, but they don't really have the time or the sense to think about that because they've been so restricted by their circumstances. Right. And on top of that, restricted by like, the messages that they would have gotten, you know, whether it be in the school system or 
through ads or whatever the case may be. So I think looking at the pyramid, of course, it's incomplete and there are issues with it, but it does illuminate some interesting things that, you know, we're dealing with right now. I mean, yeah, like it def- definitely is easier to self-actualize and have esteem once your needs are met. But I think definitely there's an ability to jump around, especially when, you know, you have like large scale depression and alienation and disassociation. Like it, it, it's a weird, weird yeah. sense where you can kind of hop around the pyramid quite, quite often, even if you have certain things met. This doesn't necessarily mean you have something, you know, above or below. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I've ne- I, when it comes to like actual people that I associate with, you know, all of whom are folks who have to, like, have to work in order to live. Uh, I don't think it. I've ever heard anyone talk about happiness in terms of like self-actualization it's always in terms of like when i get my student loans paid off you know when i get my when i'm able to take care of this health problem that i have like when i have enough money it's basically everything boils down to for most people when i have enough money to not be uh as suffering as much from this specific thing or to not be scared about not having enough money um which is i think more what i get from people when they're talking about like aspirational goals than I would like to do this thing that that fulfills me as a person. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like so. Like any any kind of actual self actualization becomes this, not just a luxury, but a luxury that's just unimaginable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Some people can't even imagine. I know people who have just basically given up on like ever being able to repay their loans. Right, like they've just yeah. resigned themselves to like this is my life now for all eternity. This is, this is it, you know? And I, I can't blame them. Who can really blame them when that is the reality? You know, for a lot of people, taking themselves out of debt is not possible. Even if they did get a whole bunch of the money or able to like pay off a bit more per month, you know, they still have interest rates that are just like so widely exploitative that they're basically serfs for the rest of their lives. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Of course, we had to have that brief moment of, damn, the system sucks, as is typical on It Could Happen Here. But um, <laughs> I want to shift our attention now to another society and another culture that has approached this human needs and human psychology and human society thing differently, right? Um, what's been coming to a lot more people's attention lately is that um, Abraham Maslow, um, he was actually partially inspired to develop his theory by his stay with the Six Seeker Blackfoot. And I went into some of the details on the video on my channel Um Rethinking Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So I go a bit more in there. But basically, um, what he discovers, what I get to in that video, is that, well, firstly, some cultures view us as being born self actualized, right? Like the Six Seeker Blackfoot. Meaning yeah, that. And that's the Blackfoot, uh, just for a little bit of context, are, are an indigenous people. Uh, I think confederation is how they tend to refer to yes. themselves. And like, Montana, uh, I think Idaho, um, Alberta, Canada as well. Yeah, uh, up in Canada. Yeah, I kind of like Idaho, Montana, and parts of Canada. Um, Like that's that's Blackfoot territory. There were also uh, Maslow spent time with them. L. Ron Hubbard lied about having spent a lot of time with the Blackfoot. Um, (laughs) So. Fun fact I, there. I didn't know that. Oh, oh yes. So, <laughs> there's a lot of Scientology lore I've yet to catch up on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, you know, with Maslow's model, self-actualization is essentially, you know, self-fulfillment, right? The tendency for the individual to become more and more what one is mm-hmm. and to become everything that one is capable of becoming. So that's like fulfilling your potential as a person, as a partner, as a parent, as a talent, as a artist, as a whatever, just fulfilling your potential as a person, right? But to say that we are born self-actualized, um, that framing more looks to seeing us each as born in the world with a spark of divinity, because of course this is tied into their spirituality, um, born with a spark of divinity and with a great purpose embedded in us. And what self-actualization is linked to in these cultures, inextricably linked to that is, is community actualization, right? So community actualization is a concept that places the actualized individual Mm -hmm. in the context of community. So instead of just upholding the individual alone, which Maslow's hierarchy has been critiqued for sort of doing, 
Community actualization incorporates the web of relationships that supports each of us as individuals. Basically, it recognizes that we cannot be self-actualized solely as individuals if there's not like a broader network, a broader web that is supporting us. You know, we're not islands standing alone, you know? Yeah, yeah, we were we were we were touching on 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 that point a bit a bit previous, but less eloquently. Um, how yeah, <laughs> it is it is it's 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 much easier to have the ability to actualize your goals into into actions when you are less alienated and you have and you and you have all these other things around a around a community. Yeah, exactly. And it, it is that I think like the lack of community self actualization is is kind of what we were talking about. In terms of like, yeah, things are seem things are great for me in as much as things are great, you know, in the system we live in. But I I don't feel that you know. Yeah, you can look um, outside and you're like, yeah. everything's actually really bad. I'm just kind of in my little bubble, and I'm trying to expand my bubble to be around, you know, and help more people. But it can be overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's only so much one person could do, and that's kind of the whole point of community. Right, our community supports our basic needs and basically equips us to manifest our purpose. So, it would the community would be there to, for example, and we could get into this a bit more, design a model of education that supports us in expressing our unique gifts. Right, another part of the Six Eco Blackfoot philosophy involves cultural perpetuity, where there's an important consideration of those who came before and those who are coming after seven generations forward and seven generations backward, as I had it explained to me. So that is something that I think would have been useful when it came to discussions of, um, you know, climate change. And it's very relevant now because we are seeing the older generations basically shrugging and being like, you know, um, well, it's Gen Z's problem now. Y'all can take care of it. Y'all are the future. Kids are all right. All that. Yeah. Yep. When they're basically on the download saying, fuck them kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wait, can I say that? Or? Yes. Oh, yeah, can. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can always say, fuck them kids. I say that to Garrison all the time. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of kids, um, I think we could compare and contrast basically how childhood is approached in our society versus how it would be approached in a society that values community actualization. Um, I mean, and I'm just speaking from my experience here, of course, you're free to talk about your own. Um, I, from like primary school and stuff, I remember it constantly feeling like I had to compete with my fellow um, classmates. I mean, you know, I was friendly and stuff with everybody and stuff, but since I was like usually at or close to the top of my class, I always felt this kind of pressure to just beat them out and continue to be the best gifted kid ever, you know? So there was a sense of like constant competition with others that wasn't really balanced out with a kind of um, collaborative sort of approach to like, basically training us from like an early age to learn to cooperate and work with people as people and as comrades, you know, although <laughs> comrade is a weird way to put it, but yeah. 
I just remember there was a sort of sense of sort of atomization that undergirded that sort of educational approach. I feel, I feel like that's pretty uh, universal in a lot of a lot of parts of our modern world. We definitely really embed that sense of competition into very young kids, uh, yeah. whether that be in, in school or like wherever. Because yeah, that was that was definitely my experience, even even like in private school in Canada a long time ago, and. I know that's that's a thing across you know a, a, across the ocean as well on on the other side of the pond. Yeah. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies, so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. We are back. That doesn't sound like us. <laughs> are we? Are we really back? Sorry, it's 10 a.m. Um... <laughs> Robert. All right, so when we're to look at like, childhood and education and stuff in a society that would value community actualization. Um, what sort of things do you guys think we would be seeing in that sort of society? What sort of approaches do you think would be embedded from an early age? I'm trying to put it into words. So kind of one of the things I I'm, I'm currently in a living situation, right? Where I have a, uh, uh, I'm working with a group of people on a chunk of land. And so every week we do projects on it to make it better. 
um, which is tremendously satisfying. And I think in a in a, a society where that kind of self-actualization, like you've been talking about, was more common, kids would feel that way about doing things um, that improve their community, like that, uh, that, that, that take care of the people around them that make, you know, wherever they live, um, a better place to live. Like that would be, that would be in the same way that like I go out each weekend thinking that will be a fun thing to do, uh, to like, to improve the place that I'm living. I think that would be kind of, um, a, a common feeling like that would be a common activity as a kid to go engage in projects like that. Yeah, and I mean, we already see children doing that, right? Except they do it in Minecraft. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like the impulse like, is being directed somewhere currently. This isn't a thing you have to, this isn't a thing you have to like splice into kids' little brains to make them want to do it. Kids love making shit. Exactly. Like if you give a child an opportunity and you sort of facilitate that, like they are very, a lot of them, I can't really generalize <laughs> because I know some kids were like, oh, you do what you have to do. I want to, stay in my corner but there are a lot of kids as well who would be like very very willing to be helpful you know they really like they just adore being a helper and being someone who can support whether it be in the kitchen you know with like a little broom yeah. or whatever sweeping whatever the case may be so some like kids don't want to be part of a community you know because we are social animals um it's just that right now it's directed at like minecraft servers or whatever yeah, yeah. I think one one of the things that I would really focus on, because this is just kind of in my experience, is teaching young kids how to cook um, and then having them cook or at least help cook food for other people. I think it's a really great kind of skill to learn, but also it it, it does this weird thing to your brain when you do that is like you, you get very happy when you cook food for for other people. Yeah. And I think it's it's a really good kind of emotional impulse to give kids is like hey this is you can make people feel good by doing things for them um and because that makes you feel good and it makes them feel good and then that really builds that whole sense of community so yeah i, I, I got cultivate selflessness yeah yeah so some it, some, some it, kids it, could be a little egomaniacs you know? but like but, but like both selflessness but it also teaches you to like do stuff for yourself as well, right? It's a good skill yeah. to be self, to also be self-sustaining. So I think that that's why I, I really enjoy teaching kids cooking. Um, I, I used to I, I used to be a culinary instructor because I I'm really just passionate about that specific thing. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, um, I develop an aneurysm whenever anyone's in the kitchen with me. Yes, <laughs> there, I, I, there is definitely moments where if there's too many people in a kitchen, that is frustrating. But if if you do it right, you can get you can get a 13 year old cooking you an entire like really really nice holiday dinner, um, which is That's what true. I which is what I was doing when I was 13. I was cooking all of the holiday dinners for my entire family um, because yeah. I just I wanted to learn cooking. So it's it's definitely possible if you're a parent and you want less time in the kitchen. Uh, teach your kid how to cook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I come from a family of child cooks, right? I remember um, this one time, I think I was making like a carrot cake with my mom. Um, but I was used to like licking my fingers when, yeah. you know, you make that cookie, cookie dough and stuff. Yeah. But I licked my fingers when the, when I cracked the egg. Oh, oh boy. And she was like, stop, <laughs> you can't do that, you know? <laughs> 
So I just remember that was one of the experiences in the kitchen that really stood out to me. Um, lessons there were a lot will of be, other lessons. Lessons will be learned about like bacteria. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's like really safety. it's a holistic learning experience. N- you know, knives. Yeah, you, you get to, get to learn how to use knives. You get to learn about heat. You know, there's yeah. a, lo- a lot of a lot of good lessons you can learn inside. A, get a science, setting. safety, chemistry. You know, yeah, like a whole yeah, bunch of stuff all mixed in there. You know, even math. <laughs> Even absolutely fractions. It's one of the only times I use fractions is in cooking and baking. Yeah, um, I mean, as embarrassing as it is, I I use Google when I want to convert measurements still. <laughs> but I mean, it's just there. It's more convenient. But yeah, I absolutely agree with that example. You know, like the use of like cooking lessons and that sort of thing to support um to support like kids' self actualization. And also like community actualization. Because of my experience, the, the, the thing I default to is different versions of like the youth liberation argument. But because of how people have been right. using that term on Twitter right now, I don't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> it's been causing a lot of like really dumb fighting about what that term actually means and who coined yeah. it and like that kind of stuff. But that's kind of where I default to in terms of like what self-actualization could be in a community setting. Youth liberation is one of those things that uh, I'm really passionate about. Um, and I honestly don't know who coined it or what discourse is happening about it right now. But it definitely um, informs my approach and ends up influencing like a lot of the things that I discuss. Like yeah. Whenever I talk about like an issue or whatever um, in society, a lot of times it really boils down or starts from an early age or it starts through the education system or is fostered there or um, incubated there. So I think um, a lot more discussion should be happening about, you know, the place of young people and the education system and stuff. Um, alongside, of course, all the other struggles and discussions and discourses about struggles we've been having. Yeah, I'm just trying to view like anarchistic, like liberatory frameworks is like trying to achieve that self-actualization and to some degree like the the like esteem level and then also like the community and belonging level um even if you don't have all of your physical needs met all the time is how these types of frameworks can be can almost just like jump around that and be like despite me not having all of these base needs met if i if i have like a radical model of the world I can still try to achieve that type of freedom because I can work outside the box to get it. Um, yeah, and yeah. So I think that that that's kind of what I was I was trying to get at, is yeah. at least on you know like a, like a like whether it be like a youth lib framework or just like general like radical anarchism in general. Yeah, and I mean parts of thinking outside the box involves you know looking at other people who have thought outside the box, who have reinvented. And reconsidered and sort of transformed their approach to things like education and childcare and really all the aspects of society that we take for granted as, you know, just being a certain way. You know, um, when we talk about things like education and childhood and the place that plays in uh, community actualization, I tend to think a lot about, you know, all the things we can do to not fit into into capitalist molds. You know, to really facilitate folks' potential, not just through the cooking classes, for example, but even through, you know, workshops and 
field trips. I mean, field trips now are just kind of like this thing that, you know, kids go to from time to time and they have to walk in a single file line and all these different things. But what I envision when I think of, you know, learning is something more akin to like less restriction to just the four walls of a classroom and more the whole world is your classroom. You know, yeah, the whole yeah. world is a place where, you know, you can explore and you can roam and you can develop yourself, you know, without all these barriers and controls that we place on kids that end up suffocating their imagination of what things can be. And I mean, when you have that sort of educational model where, you know, the youth are able to explore different avenues and direct their own education routes, you know, you also end up, which is what has happened in education models that we've seen throughout many different cultures of the world. You see that it facilitates relationships with the community members, right? And everybody benefits because you have, for example, it wasn't exactly something like apprenticeships and you have, you know, for example, people getting support from the kids in the kitchen or, you know, in the workshop or in the library or wherever the case may be. And not only the kids developing their skills, but they're also developing relationships with different members of the community, with different backgrounds, with different experiences. And it really serves almost as, I see it as a way to guard against um, this sort of style of parenting where that we've kind of seen popularized lately, where like the child is basically the exclusive property of the parent and you can't tell anybody how to raise their child and the parent always knows best and that kind of approach. I think it's a good antidote to that because the child being exposed to a lot more of life and of people. Um, I think that to me um, is the sort of youth liberation route that I see uh, developing. It requires, of course, a total transformation, but, you know, no proposal could really be approached in isolation. Yeah, and it's it's easier to achieve when you're around other, right? It's, it's easier to achieve once, if, if you are already in a community where these things can be fostered, then it's a lot, you know, it's a lot less of a lofty goal. Yeah. I yeah. think that there's a kind of interesting, I don't know if case study is the right word, but there, there's part of Italy that had a really, really long running like anarchist education experiments. And so they were basically able to sort of reform local school systems and and it worked, but you know, and they, they produced a bunch of really good schools and you know, the schools are based on sort of like cooperative learning, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I mean, the model still exists today, but, the, and you know, it's like, yeah, they, they, they made some of the best schools in Europe, but the society around them didn't change. And so sort of bizarrely, they ended up making these schools that like produced you know, they're very good schools. They produce extremely good students, but then they also like produce an extremely, you know, well-educated and good like capitalist cadre, basically. And so <laughs> I, th I think there's a sort of, you know, if we, if we go back to sort of the community aspect of this, is like, yeah, there's there's a sense to which even even if you have, you know, you you get some form of self-actualization, you get some form of sort of you know, communal and cooperative, like education for children and stuff like that, 
the, the whole society has to move with it or otherwise you just wind up sort of feeding the beast more effectively. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is that you, you also see that kind of problem with like the, we work guys, right. The, uh, uh, Adam Newman and, 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 uh, the, the two co-founders of that came out of an Adam's case, a kibbutz in Israel, which, you know, started with from kind of socialist foundations, and the other founder had grown up in like a commune in rural Oregon, uh, and they both wound up making like this ultra capitalist real estate company. So yeah, if you, it's it's, you know, there's a lot that's said, and there's there's a lot of value in kind of like carving out sections of of culture uh, for the things you believe in to try to um, get shelter from the storm. But yeah, as you were kind of noting, Chris, um, it does it does also just wind up kind of reinforcing the dominant social system um if there's not a kind of more basic upheaval of of the way things work yeah if there's no you know political philosophy and the goodness and there's no connection with you know broader social movements and sort of confederation with other projects you know it could very easily be co-opted you know in isolation yeah, and I guess I guess that's you know like that that's what happened to self actualization as a concept for the most part, is that it got taken over by kind of weird grifters and yeah, like, like self care. Yeah, yeah. And take these concepts and just sort of twist it and transform it into, um, you know, capitalist ends. It's even something like um. Like with there's been some interesting discussions happening surrounding like luxury and what luxury means around certain um within certain circles on Twitter. Um and Kim, um Kimberly Foster from For Harriet, excellent YouTube channel, um, she mentioned that to her at least, in this long but really good video, she spoke about how luxury to her was basically um, you know, finding the, the ability to rest when you need to rest and to be able to be supported. Um, whereas luxury now, well, luxury as by popular understanding is more so about consumption and consumerism. So even when you have something where like, and this is specific to um, the black experience, of course, because for a long time, you know, black women have been expected to like, um, toil and labor and support not only their communities, but also, you know, during the era of slavery, also, you know, their white masters and that kind of thing. Um, there's, there was a push for the black women luxury movement to sort of reclaim, you know, a space for black women to just be able to enjoy themselves and, you know, be themselves. But that quickly became something it was just like, oh, you know, just get the bag. Um, just the sort of hyper-capitalist, hyper-consumerist, bougie kind of approach to luxury, where the original roots of the movement, which was about finding rest, was sort of lost. And I mean, that's a bit of a tangent, so I'll try to connect that back to what we're saying. Um, I think when it comes to things like rest and the ability to rest, um, I think that that can only really be found in community. And 
if there is a lack of community support to, you know, pick up the slack when you need to rest and you need to revive yourself and you just need to recharge. Um, barring that, of course, rich people can pay for a sort of a full community in the sense of having, you know, nannies and maids and butlers and tutors and all these people to basically support their lifestyles and support their freedoms. But most people lack that. And so I think part of self-actualization, as we were mentioning earlier, um, is the ability to rest. And I see that as linked with community, if that makes yeah. sense. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I th- think that definitely ties into our recent discussions on anti-work and how anti-work is a lot more feasible if you are in a community support like network, right? And you have people to rely on. Um, yeah. And definitely like, you know, self-actualization as the ability to, to like to just rest when you want to is a very, uh, is a very powerful uh, thing and very enticing and that definitely plays into the whole like anti-work like uh, idea, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, to connect the anti-work thing to just general, you know, unionization and striking efforts, right? Like I was seeing people were calling for a general strike the other day. Um, yeah. <laughs> as if we haven't learned a lesson. But um, they were calling for that. But what they were not realizing was that without these structures in place to support striking efforts, it's not going to be enough. You know, if people yep. cannot support themselves and their families, the strike cannot last. You know, it's only with this community and with the community coming together to support people can they, you know, not just fight for their rights in the striking and unionization context, but also, you know, to be able to find leisure, to find rest as with the, you know, anti-work discussion. And to sort of turn this to a discussion on organizing more generally, um, you know, we are, at the end of the day, a very communal ape. And if we were to just focus on ourselves as individuals, um, I think as capitalism in its antisocial nature expects us to, I think we would all suffer as a result, you know, our goal as people, as any one person should be not just to, you know, uplift ourselves, but also to enrich the worlds of those around us and to cultivate the community that as we support, they, you know, will support us. And I mean, as we prefigure this sort of, you know, culture of, support of you know care and of empathy and that sort of thing um i think our organizing efforts would as a result be a lot more powerful be a lot more potent um be a lot more enriching and a lot more imaginative so unless any any of you have anything else to say um to sort of bring this to a close. Um, I just want to leave, um, leave us with some food for thought in terms of how we can incorporate community actualization in action. Right. Cause it's one thing to say 
it would be wonderful to have a community to support you and that kind of thing. But, you know, um, a lot of people are pretty isolated and stuff right now. Um, so I guess I actually put it into sort of a five-stage kind of uh, approach. Starting with, firstly, facilitating collective belonging among diverse groups, right? So we want to look at bringing people together. Obviously, they would have different backgrounds and different needs, different wants, different personalities. But bring people together, um, whether it be at work or on the block or at school or whatever the case may be, just for a cookout or for a lime or any kind of party or interaction. Obviously, depending on where you are, that may, be the, that may not be the safest thing to do. Um, considering COVID and everything, but to just bring people together, not even necessarily to proselytize to them about anarchism or socialism or whatever, but to at the very least start connecting the nodes and start connecting the different parts that can eventually come together to become something greater, you know? I mean, you don't need to wait for a calamity for this sort of thing to happen. But of course, we have seen as well where natural disasters have brought communities together that weren't together before. Um, I think, however, it'd be better to like not wait for that kind of thing to happen and to just, you know, bring people together from now, start some conversations, get things going, right? And then from there, you want to be facilitating solidarity in struggle, right? So whether it be, I know solidarity is a bit of a buzzword now, or at least it's become a buzzword but i think whether it be with you know disaster relief funds or solidarity strikes and protests or you know with basic mutual aid support you know whether it's material or emotional solidarity in struggle i think that is another crucial part in you know building community and incorporating eventually community actualization because what that does is it shows others that I have your back and, you know, others able to see that, you know, they can have mine as well. Um, it helps to build that sense of trust. Uh, you also want to sort of cultivate a, probably a sense of community pride and a sense of being able to rely on community networks. So, you know, we spoke about mutual aid networks, but also things like um, skill shares or workshops or um, material support. You know, if somebody needs food, being able to support it. For them to know that they have people they can go to to support them in a time of need, that is powerful. You know, not many people forget that. Not many people forget the time that they were at their most dire point and, you know, their community stepped up to support them. You know, if you want to see a insurrection in our lifetimes, um, you don't start guns blazing you know you start with a creator food you start with a helping hand you start with money if people need it um and then from there you know you get into the realm of community achievements where your community is collectively able to celebrate the things that you all have accomplished together you know whether it be establishing a 
community garden that is able to supplement people's um, fresh produce supply or whether it be that, you know, the community has come together and they've fixed something that was broken on the street or even that they've come together and were able to train people with like some really helpful skills where they're now able to support themselves and bring other things to the table as well. And then from there, I think that sort of approach would foster fulfillment in community and prefigures community actualization. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is all, it's a big topic. Um, and it's a much bigger topic than just like, what a what do you what changes do you want to make around the edges like what things should people advocate for or even just like advocating that that the system be torn down like as as was kind of evident when you asked how could we build a a a community in which like kids feel more self actualization from engaging in the community um and there was that kind of blank moment the the when you actually talking talk about like reconfiguring society at such a fundamental level um it's it's a big topic um and it's yeah. it's one that i think it's important to introduce to people the idea that like hey we really ought to be we really got to figure this this out this is this is important to like everything we we say we believe um answering this question is going to be key uh and it's 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 a tough one. Um, so I don't know. I think sometimes uh, people come into episodes we do on stuff like this, like looking for, OK, well, how how are you? Wh what's your suggestion for how to do that? And at the moment, like I agree with the how imperative this is. Um, but in terms of actionable stuff, it's um, this is a, 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 a big open ended question in my head. I mean, I, I think I think Andrew laid out a lot of the stuff that we've we've talked about, both like you know, with within our kind of own community groups, yeah. In terms of the the things, in terms of like like you know, like connecting nodes and all like the steps that we can do to have there be like more like more connecting branches of the tree and how to strengthen those. I think that it's it's a good yeah. It's like we can't we don't know what your community is like. Or what your or what your situation is. So all we can really say is, here's the broad things that that you can try or have worked for other people in the past, and then based on what your situation is, you can, uh, can apply those plug pluggables. Yeah, <laughs> you want to plug your <laughs> pluggables, Saint Andrew? Yes, of course. Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Saint Drew, and of course on YouTube Saint Andrewism. Check All out right. my stuff. You know, I have uh, the video on rethinking Maslow's hierarchy of needs um, and some other fun practices-y things as well. So check it out. Check it out. Um, and uh, uh, stay thinking about stuff. <laughs> yeah, thinking is good. Yeah, thinking is good. Happen here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com/sources. Thanks for listening. 
Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.